Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 18th day of July 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. You know, I, I had two things that happened to me yesterday that um, I think that I'm, I'm going to try to tie it into baseball, but I'm going to just tell you a little some things in my life right now. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on in my personal life that I'm not going to go on right now. It's not positive, it's not negative, it just, it just is. And at one point it had to, it required me to rent a pickup truck. Your pal Sully is not a pickup truck kind of guy, but I needed to rent a pickup truck to move a lot of stuff from my house. And there is an amazing psychological phenomenon that happens when you lose the keys when you first when you lose your car keys at any point but when you lose like a rental key on the day you have to return the rental and you can't find the damn thing it's like I've only been in these three rooms and you're tearing stuff up and you're looking around and I'm like I'm combining profanity in ways that is no longer grammatically correct and and you just get more and more frantic and you and you keep checking your your pockets and your pants thinking maybe it magically went in there I unpacked a bag I went into a room I haven't been into in 3 years I'm just doing everything I can to find figure out and no matter how many times you retrace your steps or check that drawer which you know you didn't open and finally I mean I'm like I don't know where it could go, and it's and it became a point where I was like, and I have to return this truck today. So it's not even an issue of well I'll deal with this some other time. No, I have like it, it has to be there in a few hours, and you know the deadline is due, and I can't find it. And like, and at one point I'm like I'm frantic, and I'm thinking like I'm I'm gonna pick up a, a rake and beat myself in the head with it. And in my frustration, I opened up, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I was opening up bags, I was opening up drawers, I was losing my mind. If anyone walked by me, you would have thought I was just, you thought it would be a lunatic. And then I closed the back trunk, you know, you know, closed the, the, the hatch of the, the truck, and there they were. They were just sitting right there. They were, I, at one point, I placed them on the bumper, and when I opened the truck, it was just, it was just lying there. And the amazing thing that happens is it's not even a sense of relief. I don't jump up and down. It's just like, oh, there they are. Okay. I had this problem. Now it's solved. Now I'm just moving on. And it's like there's no there's no airlock. It just happens. And I had to return this truck back to U-Haul and then take a plane back to here, back to Palo Alto, and I drove it to Burbank, and I, I dropped in the thing, it was after hours, and everything went wrong after that, everything went wrong, 
and again, there's sort of the, the, the time ticking away. My phone was dying, and I needed to get a cab. I needed a cab to pick me up. I was in Burbank, taking me to Burbank Airport. And I called up the cab company. And I said, okay, you know, I need, I need to get to the airport. And it's like, okay, we'll be there in 10, 15 minutes. Okay, great. That would give me plenty of time. And then 10 or 15 minutes came by. I didn't see anyone. So I just called back. I said, can you give me the ETA? Are they close? I said, oh, we're really busy right now. And uh, we weren't able to dispatch him. So I'm there going, I'm going to miss my flight. And I'm like, I'm like, my phone's at like 1%. And I'm desperately looking for a situation because I tried Uber and Uber wasn't going to make it on time and I'm thinking I'm going to miss my flight because this stupid cab got everything is collapsing around me and then a solution just happened in that someone heard my plight and said I'll give you a ride and this nice woman named Martina drove me to the airport. I never met Martina before. I'm never going to see Martina again. But she took me to the airport. I got in the car with a total stranger. Complete and total stranger. Got into her car. She drove me to the airport. And I was so close. Let me put it this way. I was, it was like Indiana Jones when he, when the door was closing and he had to reach in and grab his whip before the door shut that's how close I was if I was two minutes late if I was two minutes later I would have missed the flight I had like my ticket on Southwest was like you know A20 I had a primo primo place and instead I'm dragging my bag and I'm practically chasing the plane down the the runway and I made it and eventually, it was like, okay, and I was a sweaty mess on there. It was like, okay, time was ticking, window of opportunity was closing, and yet I was able to get on the flight, and everything was okay. And that moment of everything's going to fall apart, every, you're going to miss everything, you're, you know, you're going to lose your car keys, you're going to do, you're going to miss the plane, your phone's out, everything looks like a disaster, and then eventually it's like, oh, no, no, no. A couple of things just happened. Oh, there was this solution. Oh, yeah, that's right. it's right there. I just wasn't thinking. And Oh, it all worked out. And now I'm okay. And I started to think about this as I was on the airplane. That, that sense of panic, that sense of, oh, am I going to miss this? Am I going to miss this opportunity? Is exactly what happens to some teams when you get to this point of the season. This point of the season is a point where you're thinking about windows of opportunity and things going wrong during that windows of opportunity and moments of panic at that windows of opportunity and feeling like, oh, am I going to blow this opportunity? Everything looked like it was lined up perfectly and now it's falling apart. It's like, oh, no, no, it's going to work out. It's going to work out just fine. And it's funny, the team, the specific team that I was thinking about that this kind of relates to was one that I was having a conversation with with my friend yesterday who was helping me load stuff on the pickup truck and, and moving stuff around. He's a Texas Rangers fan. They were playing the Cubs. It made me think of the Rangers. I said to him, said, you know, they were playing the Cubs, and I told him about the podcast I had a little bit ago, and I said, you know, the uh, 
if the World Series came down to Rangers-Cubs, like the Rangers were playing the other day, they were playing the Cubs, I said, I'd probably root for the Rangers. Because as part of me would like to see the Rangers win and get that monkey off their back a little more than the Cubs, which sounds sacrilegious, but that's just emotional. I think we would love to see the Rangers win. I would love to see you know, them win, win a third pennant this decade, win a championship. I'd like to see Beltre be a world champion. I'd like to see that franchise have a championship. And, you know, they've never had one. They sort of take that off the table. And that sort of panic of like a you know, window of opportunity that, that is closing. You know, you got some players who are, you know, no spring chickens and everything like that. And this is a team that had a 10-game lead. And it looked like they were running away with the division. They would pick it up and, and, and tuck it in their arm. In fact, I don't have the info in front of me, but I mean, their record between the end of July last year to the beginning of, or, you know, and to midway of July this year must be you know, astronomical. And you look at this is going to be a team that you know it's it's interesting when you when you think about them because they've had they had one bad year a few years ago they had just all those injuries piling up and of course they had the Ron Washington abruptly leaving in a little bit of uh, managerial uncertainty but man if they win the division this year what a decade they've had pennant in two thousand ten pennant in twenty eleven and one. And you know, one game where they were a strike away from winning twice in the same game. Uh, they had the collapse in 2012. They were still a wild card team that year, but they they collapsed and let the A's win the division. They got to within. They got to the play-in game for the play-in game in 2013, and they won the division last year. So, like it was saved for 2014, they've given their fans an amazing decade. And I guess that's one reason why I'd like to see them win. Because when you have a decade where you've done that much, you've had a decade where you've had that much success and on several different levels, you'd like to see them close the deal. I probably wouldn't be rooting for the Rangers over the Cubs if Nelson Cruz had timed that leap or if Lance Berkman had popped up instead of gotten a game-tying single in the 10th of Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. If they had won the World Series that year, uh, Cubs-Rangers, I would be saying, of course, I'm for the Cubs. But the Rangers, to be able to have a decade where they could lay claim to at least a big chunk of it, I mean, let's face it, the Giants have laid claim to this decade big time. But you know, the Rangers would be able to look at it and say, no, 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 we had a hell of a decade too. And they already can say that, but I think winning a championship, you'd hate to just have them have such a wonderful decade and have people say, but they never won at all. They never once won at all. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I'd like to, like to see the Rangers win it all. But, man, it's been a rough couple of weeks for the Rangers. And it, they went, you know, like a week, what, a week and a half or something without a starting pitcher getting a win. And just some of the injuries that they've had. I mean, Darvish, I mean, I could never figure out Darvish in, Darvish out. I mean, you know, this, him coming back has been a slow, slow buildup. They've lost Colby Lewis. They've lost Derek Holland. You know, they're, they're asking guys like A.J. Griffin and Kyle Loesch to be the starting pitchers. I mean, that would be great if they also had the time machine 
to go back to 2012 or 2011 when they were good. But, you know, it's not going to happen this year. You know, they're losing those players. Like, I lost my keys, and they're getting all panicky because they keep losing. They went, they, they lost 9 out of 10 at one point. They've just been, they, they started spiraling big time. And, you know, you, you take a look at this, and they just, they saw the, this lead that they had, this, this astronomical lead, you know, be cut in half in a, in a couple-week period. Now, and I have a Houston team, which, you know, you take a look at their last 10 games, you know, including the, the, the win that the Rangers wound up having yesterday. You know, the Rangers are 3-7 and seven in their last 10, Houston 7-3. and three. That lead, which was double digits, is now 4.5. It's, uh, it's, you know, 4 in the loss column, 5 in the win column. And Houston, which looked like they were you know, dead from the neck up for a period of time is are making a big charge for the postseason. And, you know, not just the wild card, they're, they're tied in the loss column right now with Toronto for the second wild card spot, but, you know, making a run at the division. They get, the, you know, full two months plus to take care of that. Window of opportunity, window of opportunity closing for the Rangers to, you know, to win that championship for this year. Time ticking away and stuff not working out. <laughs> Me waiting for that cab that wasn't dispatched. And the Rangers are looking around going, what can we do? And I said, do you know what? That emotion of what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Similar to me looking for those truck keys. They can do it. Absolutely they can do it. Because first of all, even with this terrible streak that the Rangers have gone on now. This is why you build up a big lead. Seldom do you see teams at the beginning of the year build up a huge lead and that lead stays. That lead is a cushion. It allows you to absorb a bad stretch. When I said to my friend who was when we were loading stuff onto the truck, I said, what would you rather have? A bad stretch in July? or a bad stretch in October. One thing that the Rangers have is they have a huge number of really good prospects and a great farm system. Now, first of all, I would be one to deal Gallo. Gallo is their big, huge power-hitting prospect who's been up and down. He's had a couple of days where he was big, in last year, then they, you know, teams figured out a pitch to him. He's, I think he's had a few cups of coffee this year. And he is a player that a lot of people look at as, hey, he could be a future star. I've seen a lot of players who could be looked upon as a future star be part of trades. And yes, sometimes you have a player who is thrown into a trade who does become a future star. And it becomes a trade that is beneficial to all teams. Hell, Josh Donaldson was included in the trade that sent Rich Harden to the Cubs, and they sent him to the A's. And the A's traded him off, to, of course, to Toronto, so we'll see what those players that the A's got from. Sometimes, yes, you will get a player who will become a big, huge star, and it becomes a big thing. And sometimes when you get overly aggressive to go for it, then it's 
it could blow up in your face. I mean, we're already starting to see that in that trade that the Diamondbacks made, you know, giving up the number one pick overall, Swanson to Atlanta to get Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller's now sent to the minor leagues. I think you could have got a pitcher who isn't sent to the minor leagues for the number one pick overall. But also, most of the time, those players become Matt Laporta. Sometimes, most of the times, they become Jesus Montero. Most of the time, those big, great prospects don't really become the great players. Most of the time, they become just prospects. And when you have an opportunity to not only win the division, but in a wide-open American League, win another pennant, a third pennant in a decade, and a chance to win a World Series and stake a claim, not only for the history of your team, but to stake a claim for a decade to say, hey, we were one of the best teams of this decade. Multiple World Series appearances, a World Series title, other trips to the playoffs as a wild card or as a pennant, as a division winner. And you've given your fans that sort of run. Yeah, I think that's worth Joey Gallo. You can acquire other hitters. I mean, look at Gallo could turn out to be a superstar. He could turn out to be a schmuck. But they have... The idea that they have what teams that are willing to part with pitchers want. Tampa Bay would drool for someone like Gallo. As well they should. Tampa Bay has, you know, Archer's been disappointing, but, you know, he could turn it around. Moore, who beat the Rangers in a playoff game in 2011, I believe it was. Odorizzi, a deal that could bring in let's say, two pitchers to Texas is worth whatever superstar prospect you have. And to go in and, I mean, part of the thing is that they've had a, inf their AAA infield would probably be the starting infield for a bunch of major league teams. To go in and say, you know, if, if Profar and Gallo could get them two of Tampa's pitchers and, 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 you know, there'll be other players thrown in there. Yeah, of course that will benefit Tampa. But that may be exactly what they need. That may exactly be the the rescue that the team needs to secure the American League West. Like the lady who drove me, like wonderful Martina who drove me from the... The U-Haul place to the Burbank Airport last night. That's what they need. And it's worth whatever that that future cost is because the present is exactly where it is. It's a wide-open American League. They've had their rough spot. Fill in the patch in the holes. Despite the rough patch, it's still a four-game cushion of which... An improved streak, an improved stretch, it could get back up to five, six games. And you could go, you know, the key, if they still have the lead, and that lead is not a weekend away from disintegrating. And weekend away, I mean, two or three games is a weekend away where a team could sweep and they either catch them or, or tie them. If they can get to the end of 
August and still have a four or five game lead and fill in the holes that they need to have because this was going to be a playoff team unless they have unless this collapse absolutely continues in terms of a calamity and with the year that Cole Hamels is having they're not going to go on a huge prolonged losing streak patch in those holes in the starting rotation and then let the team go yes there's a window of opportunity that's closing but do you know what there are solutions the panic that you're you're facing right now could end just as quickly as the moment I found my keys if you fill in those spots. Yeah, it may cost you Gallo. And yeah, Gallo may, you may look up and go like, oh, look at all the things that Gallo would do with Tampa Bay. Or he could turn into a schmuck. It's worth the risk. Because the risk-reward that the Rangers are going to go through right now is the difference between, well, we had a good decade, and, you know, we did our best. And, hey, when we talk about team of the decade, at least the American League team of the decade, you have to be talking about us. Who owned baseball yesterday? Um, Jacob DeGrom threw a one-hit shutout, shut down the Philadelphia Phillies, 5 nothing. Mets won. Uh, Starling Marte. By the way, the Nationals are now, in their history, 0-2 in 18-inning games. They lost the 18-inning game in the 2014 playoffs, and they lost yesterday 2-1 to to the Pirates. Starling Marte drove in both of the runs, and including the game-winning home run in the 18th inning. Uh, Jose Altuve of the Astros kept their winning streaks, or their winning ways alive. He went 4-5 for five with a homer. Houston beat the snot out of Seattle 8-1. to one. And hey, look at that. Cole Hamels, eight strong innings, and the Rangers won over the Cubs. Is that a World Series preview? Wouldn't be a bad one. Uh, half wobs, Dustin Pedroia, Homer, but the Red Sox lost. Jordano Ventura was good through seven innings, but the Tigers got a walk-off win against the Royals. I'll talk about the Royals later this week. Uh, Zach Davies threw seven shutout innings, but the Brewers' bullpen allowed a loss on a pass ball in the bottom of the ninth. Yikes. And Matt Holliday. Three for four, home run, but the Cardinals lost to Miami, and Ichiro Suzuki had a great game. He didn't own baseball, but he helped the Marlins win that game as he's inching closer to 3,000. I can't wait for him to get 3,000 hits. I think there'll be a lot of fun. Um, oh, I just I shut it down. Actually, i got to open that up again. So if you're keeping score at home, that would be Jacob deGrom. Let's see if I can do it by memory. Cole Hamels, Starling Marte, and Jose Altuve. And by memory, who did the half-wobs to Zach Davies, Jordano Ventura, Pedroia, and Holiday? No need to open up that page. I remember that. I don't remember where I left those car keys, but I remembered who got half-wobs yesterday. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, sort of on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 18th day of July 2016. Thank you, Martina, for the drive to Burbank. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.